welcome to the first episode of 2024 of the freemium podcast i'm curtis killen we got brady jones in the house today what's going on man how are you bro good dude hey happy to be here I'm, I'm happy you came and um, we were just talking earlier. I think this is going to be the easiest podcast <laughs> I've ever had because already, yeah. you know, you're, you seem to be very extroverted. You sure. like to talk to people. It's going to be what easy. I do, man. This is what I do. It's talk in front of a microphone. And I got to say, I uh, on the way here, um, we're in Montreal now, obviously, and coming in from Ottawa. I listened to one of your, your episodes with the uh, with the underwear guy. The the what was it? Man made. Man made. Yeah. And, and funny enough, wearing man made underwear right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Shout out to man made. It was it was super. It, it flowed really well. It was super informative. I loved it, man. Yeah. It was really good. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. He's actually coming back on with uh, do you know matthew jufrida yeah absolutely so he's um, who, who does a lot yeah. of his uh his, his marketing stuff right yeah exactly cool. so Sweet. it's a really cool story what mm-hmm. they have uh they're coming on the 16th january 16th awesome very and cool. yes yeah, so we gotta bang out a, bu- a bunch of episodes because shamar is going to Th- thailand right nice. he's going to thailand for the month of february so Love that. we gotta get some content out. sure yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. uh here let, uh, let's get started man so um, you are a you're a West Island boy. Yeah, West Island. Grew up in Kirkland. Went to BHS, John Abbott, and uh, Concordia. The like classic. That's what I did. Does it, did <laughs> actually, yeah. I didn't I go mean, to BHS, but sure. I, I went to uh, John Abbott, then went to Concordia. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the same run as like uh, as you know, ninety percent of, of West Island kids. And uh, uh, yeah, studied the whole way um, communication stuff, so media arts at uh, at um, at Abbott. Um, communication and cultural studies at Concordia and then uh, all the while though I was actually in radio so I started in radio when I was 15 years old at uh, a radio station called 94.7 Hits FM uh, which is now no longer exists they sold a uh, couple years ago um, but I started when I was super young as like a, a street team kid putting up banners and uh, and I would host the odd event and then I started hosting more and more and more and eventually started working part-time and then full-time and then on air and so you did you know from a young age that you wanted to be a radio host or somehow involved yeah. in radio I knew from a young age I I wanted attention <laughs> and right. I had no discernible talents otherwise. Right. Okay. So uh, I remember my, my, my sisters would have like ballet recitals and they'd, they'd be up on stage and obviously everybody's staring and filming and stuff like that. And I was just a little kid and I'd have to go on stage after everything was, was done. I'd, I'd be, I'd, I'd cry all the way home if I didn't get up on stage. Uh, so I could, I don't know, stand up there and just, my parents could look at me. Like I just wanted to also be up on stage and to, um, and to, to, to perform, I guess. And, uh, uh, wasn't really talented and a whole lot of other, things i would do the um, you seem host. pretty talented right now yeah <laughs> it's just talking that's 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 the easy part right uh <laughs> but i you know I, I talent shows in high school and stuff i would always host those i started hosting those when i was um, like 13 i would do it every year um and uh, again because all my friends had more talent than i did but i wanted to be involved i wanted to be included and uh sort of just felt comfortable in that role and um was able to fortunately leverage it into a career Cool. What was it like being a 15-year intern at 94? Yeah. Or just in general? Because yeah. I'm, I'm always curious what it's like being like a, a teenage intern totally. at a at an office or at like a company yeah. because you're 15 years old. So yeah, like, I was a people, kid. Obviously, I would assume no one really takes you seriously. No. But at the same time, they're probably looking at you going, hey, kid, good for you. You're 15 years old and you're in here. Like, for, good job. You're, yeah, you're going to have a bright future. Like, what was it like? like? Like, I wasn't on air at the time, right? So it was really, it was a position built for people around that age and a little bit older. Um, the way that they worked their um, their street team program. So every radio station pretty much has a street team. And uh, it, that's sort of like your lowest level, like your entry level um, position within a, a radio station. Ours at our current at the Is the street I'm team, sorry, I'm just going to stop yeah, right there. Yeah, yeah. Is the street team like people that drive around and kind of promote yeah, exactly. the radio station? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's your, your their promotions department, right? Okay. It's very entry level. You're going to events, you're setting things up, you're, you're um, meeting people, but it really is like the face of your radio station, right? Like you really want to have these people well-trained and uh, well-versed on how to interact with people, how to set things up, make it look good. Um, so it was built for, um, for, for that age group and how we worked it there was it was all unpaid. 
So it was an internship. It was, it was structured as a way to get your foot in the door. Um, and you were only required to do like one or two events a month, which is great if you're also a student or there was even people in like their mid twenties or late twenties or even early thirties who just wanted to do it cause it's fun. Like we get to go to a lot of events, get to meet cool people. Um, and so I was doing it because I really wanted to get into the industry. Um, and it was, it was, it was cool. There's people my age, but I think I, uh, from, from early on, I think I, I made it pretty clear. My intentions were to, to continue to grow within the industry. And unfortunately they were able to give me, um, some space to grow. Uh, my entire career, I've never, um, applied for a job I've always, they've always created a job for me nice which is which is that's always sweet. nice yeah yeah which is so you must cool. be doing something right i hope so i think so i think yeah it's like was there anything in between so you worked at 94.7 now you're at 89 89.9 yep exactly was there anything in between that path between 94.7 nope, and so i worked at 9? uh hits fm 94.7 for eight years and now okay, wow. i'm uh, just began my ninth year at hot uh, hot 89.9 in ottawa was so, was yeah. 94.7 also owned by stingray no, so uh, Hits FM is actually very interesting. Um, it's uh, what we call a border station. So it actually broadcasts, like the, the main um, uh, studio was in Malone, New York. So it's over the border. Yes. So it's actually governed by the FCC and uh, not the CRTC. So it's American, not Canadian. Okay. So what that means is you don't okay, have to okay, play okay, a certain okay. amount of Canadian content. It means your ads can be in French and English. You have a lot of advantages being a border station. What it also means is your signal shit. And, uh, mm. you know, there's also a lot of disadvantages with that as well. So mm -hmm. we were always a budget station. Um, there wasn't a lot of um, leadership. Everybody was uh, on the on-air side was broadcasting from all over the place. It was what we call voice tracked radio, which means that it's really never live. The The people there were, we had our, our drive guy was from Cleveland and he'd record his show the day in advance for whatever it was 25 bucks a day or whatever because it would take him 10 minutes to do so everything was very much it was very much budget radio um but it was a great learning experience for me because i got to experience every single different department i would talk every day with the salespeople. had a great relationship with them i was in promotions i was also on air i was doing a bunch of things um so it was a great way for me to experience every part of a radio station um until i was ready to you know put my big boy pants on and go to what, a bigger one. What what is okay? Like I don't really know anything about yeah, radio. No problem. Ask and, me anything. And, uh, like what what's it like working at a radio station? Like what are the departments? Yeah, cool. So I'll I'll use my my current um, uh, station as an example because it's sort of a more a better structured, okay. uh, more traditional radio station. So uh, I work at a radio station called the New Hot 89.9. We're based in uh, Ottawa, Ontario. We're number one in the market. We're yeah. uh, morning shows number one in the market. Um, no, but not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we Just have been so for, you know, right. we're the number one radio station in Ottawa. <laughs> Not at all because of me. Yeah. It's been that way for, for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> part of a team, definitely part of a team, and they were like that before I got there. Uh, so really, uh, no thanks to me at all. But uh, So the radio station, we probably have, I would say, between we're two radio stations in, that, um, in Ottawa. Between the two radio stations, I'd say we probably have 35 employees. So in that... Between we, the two. Between the two stations. Okay. So we probably have about uh, 10 on-air staff. Um, we have three full-time um, uh, producers. So those are people that are making the commercials. Those are people that are doing what we call imaging. So when you hear between songs like the new hot 89, nine, that's imaging. Okay. Um, and there's a lot. Of Why isn't it called sounding? Sound. I, that's a great, I don't know. <laughs> bad joke. That was yeah. a bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, right, sorry. And, and so they do, there's, there's a lot. They input um, music into the system and, and they, they, they do quite a bit. When you listen to a radio station, every single 
element that you hear, whether it's a song, whether it's a, a piece of imaging or whatever, that's all just a different file. And all of those files have to be input into, um, into the system and done properly. So we have three full-time guys that just do that. We also have a creative department of three people. Their entire jobs is to write commercials three people so they write the commercials for the people that want to advertise on the, on radio, the radio station, station. exactly yeah mm. we have two people they're in it's, it's a department called traffic um it's not you know car traffic it's it's actually inputting the commercials into the systems mm -hmm. because you want to make sure let's say um you're advertising with us uh, an insurance company we want to make sure that you're not right next to another insurance company mm -hmm. in fact we want you to probably be in a different hour than mm -hmm. another insurance company if we can space it out that way same goes for car dealerships and, and everything else your category and the insurance as an insurance broker i would yeah. want that as well of course like i, I don't want to yeah absolutely that is purely for you guys right like yeah. we so much of our company is built um to a keep listeners happy and b keep advertisers happy right that's that's our business our entire business and without the advertisers you guys don't have We're a business that, that's the revenue it, that's right? the pure revenue and that right. brings us to our sales department which is i believe now there are uh, maybe eight or nine uh people all they do is sell radio advertising for those two radio stations now actually they sell quite a few more things we can sell billboards we can sell uh, digital advertising we can sell um your seo stuff like that where um, do you sell the digital advertising uh, the digital can be and everything. We we have uh, people within the Stingray team that also do um, whether it's Instagram or, or, or Facebook or um, or ads just general ads online. I would I would assume through Google. I'm not super well versed on that yeah. end of things, um, but we do a lot of that. And now with Stingray, um, one of our new ways that we're um, and and this is a huge advantage for us in the market. Um, we're also we do all of the music in a lot of stores. So if like if you walk into a metro, for example, the music you hear. Um, Metro has to pay for that. They have to pay money to have that on air, right? Huh. To, to have any, any store you walk into. Hmm. And Stingray provides that service where we come in and we'll build you a perfect playlist. Um, and also for select stores, for, for big um, franchises or big, um, big companies like, like a Metro, we can also sell ads within those if you'd like. So for example, let's say you're having a, a sale on toothpaste. Uh, then we'll say, great. Okay, so from this date to this date, we're going to mention three times an hour go down to aisle 12 we have toothpaste on sale for 2.99 for your crest or whatever but then we can also sell them a radio campaign that goes with that we can also sell them the digital we can sell them it's all sort of a one-stop shop and that's an advantage that we have that other um media companies don't traditionally have and that's because stingray is is built as a digital audio company. yeah because what does stingray um like do mm -hmm. exactly and and just before i ask that question i actually have another question because I know that they have a – I used to live in Point St. Charles, next to the Old Port in Montreal. Yep. They have a beautiful, spectacular Stunning. office in the Old yep. Port of Montreal. Is that the head office? Yeah, that is the head office. So are, are, they, are they Canadian-based? Yep, absolutely. So, so, yeah, what, what do they do? What yeah, do they so do? Stingray is a, a – Stingray actually purchased us. We used to be a company called Newcap. Um, it was based out of uh, Newfoundland, and uh, they had about 100 radio stations across okay. the country. Okay. Um, a lot of smaller stations, some big stations. Um, and um, – they purchased us right before COVID, 2019. Questionable time to buy a, some series of radio stations. Yeah. Uh, but they paid $500 million to purchase Newcap, these 100 radio stations across the country. 500 million. 500 million. Massive, massive Holy purchase. Shit. It was huge. And That's how big the business is oh, for radio? Yeah. Oh, man. It's great. It's it's a huge business. It's a huge business. Now, COVID has impacted that business, and we can, we can talk about that. Negative or positive? Uh, negatively. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into that. Um, uh, but $500 million for, again, this is we're not the biggest player in, in Canadian radio either, right? This is, um, we're, we're a substantial player in the, in the market. Who'd be the biggest bell? Probably Bell or Rogers okay. would, would be the two. Okay. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so Stingray originally they started as a um, karaoke company. Um, funny enough, that's where their bread and butter was 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 karaoke. Uh, Eric Boyko, who's the CEO and and one of the the creators, he uh, he's a, like a, a lifelong entrepreneur, and he told us this story. Um, he went to Florida one time, met a couple guys. He was looking for his next business. They said they're in the karaoke business. It's super successful. You make all sorts of money because you're licensing music is essentially what the business is. It's licensing uh. music and selling that. Um, and um, things happened with their wives uh, down south. And then a few months later, they were looking to sell the business. And they gave him a call. They remember this guy. They met a vacation. Um, <laughs> gets a lot more uh, sassy than that. But that's that's the version I'll give on the podcast. And, uh, <laughs> and they call that's Eric good. Boyko. He purchases yeah. the business. Um, and now it's turned it into this, like, gigantic juggernaut. So uh, Where it, it initially started as karaoke. He had a different business beforehand. I'm not exactly okay, sure. Okay. So, yeah, he, he did that, sold, probably made, had a pile of money. Exactly. Then, had a pile of money, bought this karaoke business and now what stingray is the bread and butter really is um, the um, your satellite subscriptions so if you have if you subscribe to Bell or videotron or whatever you probably have um, stingray music channels yes yeah so you're paying yes. for that every single month every month that you have your subscription I think it's like I don't know two or three dollars of that goes right to stingray so we're in I, I, I don't know the exact, let's say 60 countries around the world just based on that service. That's a lot of money coming in every, every month. We're one of the top five or 10 uh, largest audio companies in the entire world. Stingray. Stingray. Which is crazy, crazy, wow. and they wanted to add um, radio to that portfolio. So we're, we're, we're beyond just uh, karaoke now. We're beyond just um, uh, just the, the, the TV stuff. Um, we're also um, in cars. We They just sold a, a whole big thing to, I believe it was Tesla, or was another um, uh, car company, where you can now have karaoke in cars. And that's, that's karaoke is a ridiculously big business that you would never think it is. No. Apparently it is. Um, and obviously we have the radio stuff. We do all of the, uh, the in-store audio, like I said, which is huge business as well. A lot of, especially mom and pop shops, they don't realize that you can't just put a Spotify playlist on in a store. Yeah, that, that was my question. You're, yeah. not, you're not allowed to do that? No, you have to pay um, the you have to pay royalties, essentially. Anytime a, a music is broadcast in, in a public space, even for a wedding, even for a, uh, really anything, anytime you're, if I want to play music outside, technically I have to pay into, um, I can't remember what the governing body is right now, but you have to pay a, a, an amount. It's not a huge and like, amount. Who, who regulates? Like, okay, so l let's say, for example, like mm -hmm. uh, I go to a restaurant. A lot of times restaurants, yeah. they're just going to play a Spotify. Absolutely, playlist. yeah. So technically, what you're saying, technically, they're totally. not allowed there, there could to be do a, that. No, there could be a, an official come by and and find them, find out what it oh, is. Would that be a CRTC official? Would that be? I, there's a. It's a can. People might be be yelling at their uh, their phones right now. Uh, who knows what it's called? It for some reason it's escaping me right now. But yeah, they they could get fined for that. And huh. so we have boots on the ground that will go to these businesses and say, hey. Just so you know, you know that 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 Spotify playlist you're playing, you could really get fined here, and yeah. we can offer you. And what are the fines? I guess substantial. I would enough imagine they're they're substantial enough. Yeah, and and the cost is not we're not it's not thousands of dollars a month to play yeah. the music. I think it might be a hundred bucks a month or something like oh, that. So which it's, it's like peanuts. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it's it's better than getting fined, right? Yeah. And, and you want to do things yeah. you know the right way. But essentially, it's just guaranteeing that artists are getting paid for for their music mm. getting getting played. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever seen the show? Let's uh, we're, we're going to go to the next yeah. the next uh, topic now. You ever seen the show? Um, I forget what it's called, but it's about the the Spotify founders. It was on Netflix. No. Excellent show. Okay, Basically how he created it, what he had to go through, the loops and valleys that he had to like. Yeah. Really, really, really cool story. But uh, so back to the original question, or mm -hmm. one of the questions that we that you asked about five or seven minutes ago. <laughs> why has radio been impacted negatively mm -hmm. after COVID? 
Yeah. So, I mean, COVID, first of all, was a shock to so many businesses, yes. right? Um, radio especially. The first thing that, that impacted us was there weren't cars on the road, right? So mm-hmm. listening habits changed. Mm-hmm. So suddenly now we have to mm-hmm. educate our audience, which in a, in a way, this actually worked out quite well. Um, since COVID, 98% of our radio listeners have come back, which is amazing 98 percent is the number which is yeah. fantastic yeah and what we saw now doing something right yeah exactly which yeah. It, it, it's that's that's great and i think people wouldn't necessarily have that belief right um what, what it allowed us the opportunity to do was also train our listening audience to listen in different ways so to push our app to push smart speakers to push web listening and now we're seeing uh, i think it's about 15 to 20 percent of our listening is done through those modes of, of, of listening right through those mediums um, which is great it's great to to have um, alternate modes not just sitting in your car listening to us or through a traditional radio mm-hmm. um, unfortunately what it also did for a lot of businesses was just completely knock out their marketing budget mm. um, radio is expensive it's it's not a cheap medium I'm going through it right now yeah it's, it right. is very expensive. It's, it's, it's expensive very expensive right but it works it's expensive for a reason does, right yeah. your roi is 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 fantastic for yeah. for radio um much better than than digital as far as i understand again not my not my expertise it's just like for, for if i can just pipe in for like yeah, a little yeah, bit. yeah what i find when you advertise at least this is the feedback that i get from mm-hmm. consumers and current clients when you advertise on a radio station or you advertise on tv for whatever reason people see it as like more okay this Legitimate. company it, yes yeah exactly yeah so it's like when you hear a digital ad on spotify for mm-hmm. example Hey, uh, call KBD Insurance for a home and car insurance quote or whatever the yep, hell it is. Yep, yep. Or you hear that same ad and it's on um, 89.9. Yep. People are automatically going to think, like, oh, okay, like it, it legitimizes the company a lot yeah. more. And you know what else it is? Is, is radio is such a personal medium. And, and we hear it all the time that uh, listeners feel like they're like our, our best friend, right? Yeah. They feel like they know everything about us because in a way they kind of do. They spend yeah. so much time with us and it's a, it's a conversation. They feel like they're in the room hanging out with us yeah. that it's, it's, it's almost like anything that's on the radio station becomes an endorsement mm. by the radio station. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so impactful. And that's something you really don't get with social media when you're just mindlessly scrolling. Obviously, social media can be a, a great tool to, to advertise for businesses. That's, that's uh, not in question. But I, I think there's something kind of special about about radio and different about radio that that it, it really works it really does it's i great. agree yeah i i totally 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 agree with you and i think there's a lot more people than, than people uh, realize that listen to radio still um and so i, I knew we were going to probably chat about this so i pulled yeah. some numbers from got the data got, got the data 86 percent of canadians adults 25 to 54 listen to radio on a weekly basis 86 86 which is crazy imagine i told you so it hasn't gone anywhere it, i mean it's certainly decreased like we've you know if uh, there's it has decreased now there's there's more options right yes um so let's not kid ourselves right some people listen like for to podcasts, example people... i i i never listen to radio yeah, i listen to enough. podcasts i always right. have my podcast i have spotify mm-hmm. um i will occasionally listen to tsn 690 just yep. if the habs are doing well sure um, <laughs> yeah. but like outside of that i don't really listen to radio yeah so 62 percent of in-car audio is radio which back in the day would have been more than that uh, but even still there's I mean, a, a, it's still significant, right? Yes. 39% of all audio listening, whether that's music or podcasts or audiobooks or whatever, um, by Canadians is radio. If you were to, um, I don't know, if you were, if, if there was a new app, some some new social media, and, and you were to tell, say that 86% of people, adults 25 to 54, were using this app, people would be losing their minds. You know what I mean? But that's, there, it's still an extremely significant medium. And, uh, 
I, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for it. I think it's great. I think we could be doing a better job marketing it and I think uh, maybe modernizing it. But I think- How so? Uh, I think, well, with um, the, the challenges of COVID, with less money coming into the radio stations, a lot of radio stations had to uh, pivot, right? Just like a lot of businesses had to, had to pivot. And I think one of the things we, we got rid of was young talent. Um, there's no longer the roles for young talent. You used to have the your evening person, for example, um, would be sort of like a training ground. It would be someone you believe in and someone who is, who's obviously good enough to get on, on your, your programming, uh, but someone that you want to sort of, it, it's, it's that 10,000 hour thing. You need a lot of practice on radio to get good at radio. Um, so that's a, it's a great training ground. Now there's not really a lot of evening shows. There are, a lot of them are syndicated. So it'll come out of one market and go to other markets. And we can talk about syndication because our show is syndicated. Um, same thing for, for weekends. There used to be a ton of weekend opportunities for, for jocks and now there just really aren't. And that concerns me about the future of radio. There's a lot of smart people running these companies, so I'm sure it concerns them as well, but we don't have that next sort of generation of talent that's, that's coming up, which I think is a, which is scary. It's, it's, in a way, it's good for me because I'm kind of the youngest generation in it. There's not a lot of you know, 25-year-olds that are, that are breathing down my neck but there should be, you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's the way that the world works is, you know, a generation kind of takes over and then the next one comes and does it better. And I don't know if that next one is necessarily coming. Do you think the future of radio is good or bad? I think it's different. I think, um, I think we're trending towards it being less and less significant. I think it, it also depends on, on, on vehicles, although radio far transcends vehicles. But I think when vehicles become autonomous, the way they are now, um, where you still have to have two hands on the wheel and you're still paying attention, although your car is kind of doing everything, you still got to be, mm-hmm. y- you can't be watching a movie. All mm-hmm. right. That's one thing. Radio will be fine. Yeah. When all of a sudden uh, cars are driving around and it basically becomes a living room in your car and it's yeah. just a. Which I know, think will happen in our lifetime. Oh, 100. I, I yeah. can't see how it wouldn't. Yeah. Um, I think it'll at be that safer point, too. I mean, like, the uh, computer is going to do a better job than, than humans uh, driving. For sure. And especially if can, uh, all the cars can talk to each other. Right? Yeah. At that point, there's not going to be any accidents. They'll, they're going to be communicating with each other yeah, right until ai takes over exactly yeah. want to kill us all yeah well no, it'll be ai in the cars <laughs> that's how it's around. gonna start yeah. it's gonna start like that the ai is gonna be like all right let's go and there's yeah. gonna be a bunch of accidents it's exactly kill it. everybody right <laughs> we're all gonna be on our little wally balls and we won't even notice it'll just be like that all of a sudden we're gone yeah. uh no i think like things will change and i think um radio is gonna have to adapt in a big way but i think the thing that is great about radio is the personalities within radio same as podcasts same as a television same as a youtube channel tiktok anything it's all it's all personality driven and i think as long as we have that i think radio will be okay but it will have to adapt of course hmm. do you think it's ever going to get to the point where radio stations are hosted on a platform like spotify for example or is it kind of like that right now like, yeah so correct me if i'm wrong stingray if you if you is there just like an app i can so just like spotify i can go to stingray and there's yep. a bunch of stuff i can listen to a bunch of radio stations you can listen to every radio station what you can't do is shows on demand and that's mostly by design we launched our podcast the hot tub podcast our show's called the morning hot tub um so we launched a podcast this year and we were so unsure about whether or not we should go into the podcast space because 100 percent of our revenue or 99 percent of our revenue is based on ads on the radio uh-huh. if we start giving our product away somewhere else uh-huh. is that going to mean we have less listeners during our actual six to nine morning mm-hmm. show how is that going to impact our, our numbers which then impacts our bottom line and i think there's we were a little hesitant to change more more so than most shows i would think because we do have that sort of success going for us that we didn't necessarily want to try new things we've ended up doing it it's been a great success our numbers on air haven't been impacted and we have pretty good numbers on the podcast so that's 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 been great that's been a great change um 
but in, in terms of doing on-demand content, I, I don't know. I'd still be so worried about putting the whole show. The podcast is just slivers of the show. Mm-hmm. I'd be so worried about just offering it. But other shows do that. So I, I don't know what the answer is there. But it is very important that you maintain your live listeners because that is our bread and butter. That's mm. we have this giant infrastructure of of employees, and and we know how to um, how to uh, market and how to optimize the returns on audio better than anybody else. Hmm. Radio is great at it. Why would we give that away for free elsewhere? Hmm. Interesting. What's your opinion of Spotify in the sense? of how they pay the creators the creators mm-hmm. being the musicians artists, yeah. or the podcast the artists yeah, it's what, not great. what's what's yeah what's your what's your opinion on that yeah it's uh, radio is actually the uh, medium that pays the best to artists um, that's not our choice that's just the way that it is at the yeah. CRTC um, but i think most radio stations are pretty or radio companies are, are quite proud of that 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 we do pay uh, pretty well um, I, I mean it's it's tough to say cuz it's a private company and they can kind of do what they want with yeah. that right like they're providing the platform and so they can dictate how much they're paying out to artists obviously it would be great if it was better but for a, a podcast for example you really need to find a sponsor to be profitable like you're not going to yeah. be making money just based on your views alone nope. you have to find a a title sponsor and then maybe other sponsors that is the well. business model if you don't have a sponsor you're not going to be able to that's exactly you're it. not going to have a podcast yeah. cuz you have to make money somehow the only what's the other way sell merch you can Maybe sell you can merch, sell yeah, merch. but even the merch, like merch is great, but it's there's very few creators that get, that are getting rich on merch. Mm-hmm. You know, merch is is a great sort of side product, but it yeah. really it, it it comes with with sponsors. Sponsors are the are the big thing. Do uh, do you listen to podcasts yourself? Yeah, absolutely. What's yeah. Uh, what are some of your favorite podcasts? I mean, Checklists is always everybody loves the Checklists. Yeah, I like the Checklists. Yeah. I, I b- bounce around a lot as well. The uh, this freemium podcast really good. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> I like the Daily. Uh, it's a New York Times podcast. I like. Uh, I've listened to the Daily Box podcast that I like. There's I I'll, I really bounce around a, a lot. I take okay. uh, <laughs> since I work in morning radio, I take a lot of naps, and so what I'll do is I'll put like a New York Times podcast on that's interesting enough to like stimulate my, my brain where I'm not I don't have like a hamster wheel going on in my brain but boring enough that I can fall asleep that you can fall asleep yeah which is like New York Times finds that it just it's right in there man it's like the, it's the perfect I don't know if that's a good things. thing or a bad I thing I don't know if it does either <laughs> but they get those hits from me that's for sure you ever been to New York to go see the uh, the New York Times for their head offices uh, for whose head office oh New the New York, York Times, Times. Uh, no I haven't but Super it's huge cool. right it's just like a really cool building like mm-hmm. when you walk in. It's like an, it's an iconic um, news brand. I would say probably the most iconic in I North would, America. I would, yeah, I, New I York Times, so. more yeah. than the LA Times, more than I'm trying to think of a company, maybe Washington Post. Yeah, Washington Post. I think New York Times there. has it like up here. Yeah, I think they're probably one too. Like they're, they're huge publications. Massive. What's your opinion on, on journalism like mm-hmm. today? Do you fall like for – I feel like you're kind of like in that yeah, space it's in a that little world. bit. Yeah, for what, sure. What, what's, like, what's your opinion on um, – journalistic integrity these days yeah. I guess because there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of noise out there sure. and we're getting to a point I find that it's very difficult to know who's telling the truth and yeah. who's giving like the real facts thing is I'll I, I can I'll always trust a legitimate news source more than some guy on Twitter because there is yeah. that sort of like built in they, they need to be at least somewhat reputable just based on uh, the industry that they're in right you'll you'll if, if you're blatantly telling lies it's unlikely that you're going to survive in that space for a reputable company mm-hmm. and again i'm talking like the new york times the the washington post or i know those are both liberal leading but i'm sure there's you know right-wing uh, papers or publications as well that are that are um similar but i i think if you have that sort of legitimate organization behind you i think there's always sort of that onus on you to be a little bit more um non-bias you know 
but I, like with all this Epstein do you think stuff, the New York Times is non-biased oh they're super biased of course they are <laughs> Every, but okay, they're, they're gonna enough. have an, like a natural bias but yeah, I think yeah. it's rooted in fact right they can't just go and yeah. they're, they're gonna have they're gonna skew it in, in the way that yeah. they want but the same way like they always get their news through the lens of for sure yeah. exactly yeah. exactly but yeah. are they like lying about facts I think that's the difference whereas you can go on uh, sort of alternative publications or even just just Twitter straight up I think uh, journalism is maybe not in a great place, but I think it's it's I, I tr- trust quote unquote mainstream media more than I trust some guy on Twitter. Are you on Twitter a lot or X? I'm not on X that yeah. much to be honest. I find it uh, it's a very noisy place, and yeah. honestly, it's when I get on there, it doesn't really make me feel good about myself. It's yeah. like there's all this. You're gonna get some really intense content on there. Totally, totally. And people hurting each other, people fighting, people it, it's, it's insane. just it's intense. The, and and you know what it is? Is it's too it, intense. It's it's so everything is extreme, right? Yes. On one side or the other and, and even yes. not political. Yeah, everything is just it's it's like an attack on your on your brain. Yeah. And then of course you're gonna click that this like yeah. weird fight comes up, you're gonna click it and now yeah. the algorithm thinks that this is what you want. And yes. it's just and also I like I don't want to see Elon Musk's posts anymore. <laughs> like I just yeah. it just no, no, you know I, I, for some reason it all always seems to go back to him. I don't know. It just it very much feels like his toy. What do you think? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that he bought Twitter? Uh, is it a good thing or a bad thing? Good, I mean, it's a bad thing for his investors. Thanks. This Thanks. week, Thanks, brother. one of the companies that uh, – one of the firms that invested $300 million Thanks, into um, his purchase of, of X, they reported that they've, they believe that the company is worth 71% less than it was when he bought it. Uh, so uh, I would say for his investors, a bad thing for – at him, I, I I don't know if but he okay, cares okay, so, about so, money. So I, I I didn't ask that question. Um, yeah, I didn't frame that question very well. Do you think Twitter or X has? Uh, yes, it's a private. Co- Are you on the side of it's a private company? Mm-hmm. They can do whatever they want because it's a private company. This yeah. is this is a very um, there's a lot of mixed emotions and sure. opinions on yeah. this. Or do you see it as more of a town square? your online identity where people should have the right to express their voice and opinion on a platform like that, but more on the, the free speech sure. side, like wh- where do you it's see tough, that? And yeah. there's an argument on both yeah. sides. Oh, absolutely. So and an argument that I could, I could uh, honestly side with on both sides. Right? Yeah, like I, I, yeah. I kind of understand both perspectives and I'd love to know what you feel about it. I think, yeah, it is a, it's a private company and they can do what they want, but I think there's also, um, there's also a responsibility mm-hmm. anytime you're creating a, a public space like that even us on the radio we have a responsibility to to be factually correct which we don't talk about news on our show and we can get into that strategy if you want um, but you have a responsibility same as Joe Rogan does on his platform he mm-hmm. has a large listening audience he has a responsibility to like fact check himself sometimes or, mm-hmm. or have on certain guests or and are con- you know um, different people which I think sometimes he does well sometimes he doesn't mm-hmm. um, I think anybody with an, an audience or anybody with influence has a responsibility to the world to humanity to try to moderate that in some way that is fair and balanced and not bias you know, not bias yeah do you feel similarly um, I don't I think the days of having a non-biased opinion are, are, are like this point in time yeah, just gone yeah they're <laughs> gone it's very like polarized I do absolutely think that people need to be giving out proper facts but I think everyone whether it's consciously or subconsciously when they're giving the facts or when they're having their conversations yeah. I think everybody naturally is just going to see it through the lens of either the right or the left and I don't want to sure. get like too 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 no, political of course, yeah. but it's just um yeah, and I think now, That's like, like brutal. I, I, oh, it is brutal. Like the days of even like reading or listening mm-hmm. to the CBC. CBC back in forty years ago, before we were born. Mm. But I was asking my parents and all of the friends and stuff. They're like, it was definitely not as. It's kind of a liberal 
mouthpiece now. Sure. Like they, I, they, they, they kind of like... I, I would I'm, say they, I, they see the world through a liberal lens. Yes. I, I put it that way. Mouthpiece yes. feels wrong. If, if, it feels too much. But I, yes. I, I certainly would agree that they see the world through a liberal lens. Yes. That's, that's clear. And, and that's not... And there isn't like the counter to that in right. Canada. So basically... And it's also, you know, it's it's publicly funded or a big portion of the, the mm-hmm. company's publicly funded. And I don't want to get you in trouble, so I'm just going to be yeah. very careful with what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's just like... But yeah, I absolutely yeah. think that you know, the news they're going to give, it's going to be through a liberal lens. And a lot of our country don't agree with that sure. side. And um, therefore, they just end up, you know, they don't listen to them at all. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like, I don't know what's going to happen with the, if the CRTs is, is going to allow this. I've heard it's very, very, very complicated to open up a media company in Canada. Very much so. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was a company like, I don't want to say a box because that's kind of more to, that's like really extreme on yeah. the right. But I think if there... I mean, there's Rebel News, which is... They're sort of up and coming. Fox. Yeah, it's, they're, they're, it's, it's a little more. Uh, they're pretty raw. It's it's yeah, and it's what I was talking about with journalistic integrity with which with larger corporations. I don't think they necessarily have that, right? Like I think they, they don't have that now. But also to publish too, something that's not completely rooted in fact. Fair, but the CBC has done that as well in the past. So there's like there, there's certain times, um, and and I think that you know, the other. The media, the legacy media in Canada, mm-hmm. they do, they put a lot of effort into, I'd go as far as saying smearing uh, Rebel News. And Rebel News does sometimes come up mm-hmm. with facts and it's a bunch of bullshit. And you're like, dude, this is way too extreme. Sure. But there are some times when they're asking questions and they're good, fair questions. Absolutely. And yeah. people are like, oh, you're Rebel News. You you have no sure. authenticity. No, here. that's fair. But they're slowly going. And I think people, like, especially, you know, there's a big divide in our country as well right yeah. now. And a lot of people do not like to listen to CBC. They mm-hmm. don't like it. Mm-hmm. And so they will listen to Rebel News. And I think. I don't know. If there's just like a nice way to have everyone come up and stop fighting with each other <laughs> yeah. so much, I don't think it's going to happen for, for a while. But yeah, that's I, I didn't really answer your question, but I think it's just... I know what you mean, though. I think there is a space in our, in our current media sphere for more of a sort of if, if that if we're doing the left wing white right a right leaning then uh, I, a, more a legitimate right leaning exactly, media network exactly yes. because if rebel news is going to be your only source i think you're going to be very skewed in how you see yes. the world because it is you quite far right, i agree right yeah. uh yeah i think something more towards the middle i i think that could only benefit people but we also just in general need to stop sensationalizing every goddamn thing like yeah. everything is such a big deal yeah it's uh it's exhausting yeah it's a lot. It's a lot. So, um, what well, we as a show, uh, we're a talk show. Yeah. How, how, how do we solve this? How yeah. Do we make, instead of <laughs> instead of af, af, sure. after I listen to a radio station, instead yeah. of being pissed off. Yeah. How do you change sure. that? And I'll make tell you it how like, we solve it. And, and feel good about myself right. after I listen to 89.9. Cool. So, how we solve it is we ignore it. <laughs> okay. Cool. And we don't talk about any of that. We try to be, um, especially during COVID, we, we made a, a company, um, especially a radio station decision. We are going to be your mind vacation. Mm. We're not going to be your source for news. We Smart. gave you we gave you the main, if you need like the main facts, we have a news break at the top of the hour and, and halfway through. So 6, 6.37 and so on. Um, just in the mornings. And we'll give you just the facts um, and, and just the biggest news stories. Otherwise, we're focusing on the positive and the hyper positive. And we want you to feel good. And our news breaks, each story is like two lines. We're no one's coming to us for news, right? It's we're not a we're reading off the wire most of the time. Like we're not your source for news. No one's coming here for news. What they're coming to for us for is is laughs and a good time. And keep I don't the politics think out of it. We don't talk about politics at all. Which is great because you can't you can't escape it. No, I was pissed off, and it, it's gotten better now. I was mm-hmm. fucking furious when politics and all this COVID crap. Uh, 
kind of spewed into uh, sports. Sure. I love sports. Sports mm-hmm. is my mind vacation, yeah, as sure, you just said. Enough, yeah. And w- I'm watching sports. I'm like, oh, my God, it's here too now. Yeah. And I was like, I so saw I would just try and find networks. I didn't talk about it because I want to just watch sports, enjoy it. I don't want to hear about like the left or the right or politics or like all this COVID stuff going it's on. Fair. I don't want to hear about it. It's fair. I want to watch my sports yeah. team and root for them. And, and I get that. And then there's there's certainly there's times where there's there's movements that we we you know, there's the Black Lives Matter movement, for example. Yeah. And that's obviously something that like it was a massive movement and something that we as a station are like, OK, no, this we need to you know like let's let's lend our support to this and and let's try to tell those stories but generally speaking when it comes to politics we are like it's it's just not it's not for us it's not it's not something that we want to be a part of and and or just general shittiness the world is so shitty right now Mm. um we just don't want to feed into that we want to be sort of a bright spot and we get feedback all the time like hey thanks for um brightening up my day yeah that's it we just want to we just want to be a laugh we just want to we just want to hang out and 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 shoot the shit and and make fun of each other what what do you guys do to make um, the audience laugh? Yeah, so our show is uh, it's essentially a talk show. So we talk for, uh, we're a music radio station, but um, our show is structured differently than any other um, radio show in Canada. We talk for about 40 minutes an hour, which is a oh, lot. Oh, really? Yeah, Fuck. we okay. play four I thought it was songs more of a an mu- hour. So our it's station is a music songs. station. Yeah, okay. we're four people on the show. Okay. It's the morning okay, hot dog with Mala Rush, okay, Jenny, and Brady. Me, yeah, me. okay. And, uh, okay, and, and so we, we just, we, we chat about anything, whether it's stupid stories, whether it's playing games. Um, one of our more popular segments is Brady's game of joy where it's it's just me basically making them do really uncomfortable things for <laughs> for 10 minutes and uh and it's 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 great it's great yeah, yeah. um putting them in uncomfortable situations and making them do silly things um are we try to just be non-stop laughs and fun and that can be exhausting at times for us it's not always you know it's it's hard at six in the morning to try to be for sure funny and interesting when you know you're hung over from the night before and yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know how many times have you listened to the movie good morning vietnam <laughs> yeah, yeah once yeah <laughs> uh, but I, I get the sentiment of it. Yeah, because like I just tough. think about 6 a.m. Because yeah. he would always, like, Robin Williams, he'd come in, good, good morning. morning. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, but yeah, that's yeah. that's what it is, right? You We wake up all stupid early, and then you get to work, and, and we kind of don't talk before the show because we're all just – Tired, save your energy. And we're, yeah, and yeah. we're preparing. And, and we also don't want to like be like, hey, what did you do last night? Da, 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 da. We want to save that for the show. We talk yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty quiet before the show. Everybody does their own prep, whether it's the news or traffic or whatever. We all provide things to the show. Um, and the beauty of our show is we don't tell each other what we're doing. So everybody brings certain aspects. And um, we all just sort of uh, surprise each other. And that's something that no other show really does. They mm. typically have show meetings beforehand and then after so the show. So is a lot of it off the cuff? It's 100% off the cuff. Wow, great. And nothing is staged. Nothing is set up. Huh. Everything, 100% of it well, is We even is have genuine. kind of just like the big uh, – so it's like you talk about this, you talk about this, you talk about this, you talk about this. Nothing. And then – just nothing go. everything is is just go so we so do you have to have you ever come into a show i hope your bosses aren't listening do you yeah. ever come into a show where you're absolutely like i did not prepare for anything and uh, you're just completely bit, off the cuff but the way we've built it is is that we have we we have um so the way a lot of radio stations work is prep services so you can get like a bunch of different stories and stuff from there and the way we've structured the show is that we can always sort of go to those services to they're called kickers where they'll get us kicked off um so for example there was one today uh I'll, a couple had four thousand dollars cash. Their dog ate it and uh, puked up five hundred of it. Shit out the other thirty five hundred. They had to go through the shit and like find the serial numbers so they can go to the bank and get the cash back. That's a great kicker. You know, you start talking about that and then you talk about like, okay, well, I mean, I guess I'd rather go through a, a dog's shit than, than a human shit. And really, would you? I feel like the human shit's better. And then you, and then you start, call someone and say, exactly. "What would you rather do?" Well, yeah. And then you just get nine <laughs> minutes later. You know, you're yeah, talking yeah. about uh, this time that uh, yeah. Jenny, the girl on our show, like uh, caught someone's vomit at a bar. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it just sort of spirals, and we like to. Uh, 
always think of taking right turns. That's, that's something we always talk about is, is when we're, when we're t having a conversation, okay, where can we go with this, but not somewhere predictable. We want to take a right turn and we want to be like, mm. we want to be out there. And, and I think that's different. What differentiates our show with other shows. Are all your co-hosts as energetic and outgoing as you are? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm definitely the most, uh, extroverted. Yeah. I think, um, cause your brain must go a mile a minute. Yeah, yeah, but I think there's do too in, in different ways. I think we're all super creative people. Um, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm the most extroverted. I like to go out to events and, and meet people and stuff. Um, they do as well, but in you know in doses. Um, they got into radio for a reason. They like the comfort of being in a room and and just chatting amongst a small group. Um, whereas I, I love to to get out there. Um, but uh, yeah, they're all incredibly creative people and in their own ways, uh, which is great. Did you ever used to? Who was the guy on CNN? Um, uh, Larry, uh, oh my God, I can see his name. Can you fact check this for us? Uh, Larry King. Larry King, thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Larry King, so I did not know this. Larry King, when he would have his guests on. Yeah, he would not prep. There, he would not prep. Yeah, it's crazy. He would not prep. Yeah. And so when he was asking the questions like, holy shit, you, you do this? Yeah. That's, that's what you Which do? Which sometimes makes him look like an idiot, but that's also fun. Like you're, yes. you're having that like engaging conversation with someone, you're learning about them. Yes. Not unlike right now. And he would right? always sit like, he would always be Oh like, yeah, he'd like be this. hunched over. Yeah, oh hunched my God, over. that man's posture. And he had a great radio voice. Great what, radio what voice. What a radio voice. Yeah, great broadcaster and started on, on the radio, uh, Larry King. Right? I believe it. Yeah. What's your opinion of uh, Howard Stern? Uh, I think Stern is, uh, I mean, he's incredible. <laughs> what, I what love he, the guy. What he did was, what he's built. Um, and continues to do it yeah. uh, is is amazing. He essentially is the reason that satellite radio exists. Like mm -hmm. he's he was such a a juggernaut that he created a new media, which mm -hmm. is or medium, I should say, which is crazy. It's, it's, it was all on his back, and and he deserves every penny he made. Um, I was never I never really got into his universe, but I love the fact that he created a universe. Yeah. We we try to do that as well. With everybody knows who our wives are. My wife gets recognized all the time. They they know a lot of like intimate details but are lot like it, it, creating a whole thing a whole like network of different characters and stuff i think it's so cool it's it's awesome are you a celebrity in ottawa now oh, i hate that word but <laughs> I, I would say i'm a known okay let, let me change it yeah. are you a radio celebrity sure yeah you're a radio celebrity i'll take that yeah and, and what what's it like this is a question because and, and one of the reasons i i want to have your opinion on this yeah. is you know i'm going to plug my company kvd yeah. Yeah, we yeah, have yeah, an of office course. in montreal we have an office in ottawa yeah so I'm. I, I love the town of Ottawa. I like yeah. going. I like visiting. I uh -huh. like staying over. I like staying at the Iowa State, the Andaz. Oh, love yeah. the Andaz. Great spot. Great spot. Yeah, great rooftop and, bar. And it's just like, I don't know. I, I just, I'm learning about the town a lot. You mm -hmm. know, um, our office is in Gloucester. I'm learning all this. You got Canada. It's on the other side. Yep. You got Gloucester on that side. Yep. You got downtown, Byward Market, like yep. all these places. Exactly, yeah. What's, uh, coming from a person who now lives in Ottawa, mm -hmm. what is, for you, the biggest differences between Ottawa and Man, Montreal, it is night and day. It's a very different city, but I I, I, I love both. I'm I'm yeah. I've lived in Ottawa. They now are for different. Eight years. They're extremely they're certainly different. different. And like no person in no uh, Ottawa Tonian or whatever you call them. No person. <laughs> no no person's <laughs> Ottawa. Up in yeah. Ottawa. Mm -hmm. No no person's gonna disagree with that. Like everyone's gonna say they're Absolutely. significantly different. Cities, they're they're so. super different. Yeah. And I don't think Montrealers understand Ottawa, and I don't think Ottawans, which is the worst name, and they Ottawans yeah. Ottawans uh, understand Montrealers. Yeah. Like I think they're just they're two completely different worlds. Yes. Uh, you also you have to keep in mind Ottawa. Ottawa is a government town and it's a tech town. Those are the two yes. industries, right? So you have a lot of uh, middle class people. Um, it's very 
oatmeal cookie in a lot of ways, whereas you don't have sort of the, the sandpaper that you have in, in Montreal. You don't have the, the culture that you have in Montreal. Mm-hmm. But that said, it's a much smaller city it than is. Montreal. It's, it's a million small. people in, in Ottawa. Yes. I love when people in Ottawa complain about the traffic. Oh. I'm like, this is nothing. It's adorable. Like, yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> you're like, you sat in 10 minutes yeah, of traffic. Exactly. You're like, oh, yeah. there's so much traffic You got today. one highway. All right. Like, okay. Dude, you, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about the Illator right yeah, now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's 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 much much different. It's a they they call it a, a small town with a it's a it's a small town in a big city or a small whatever, you know what I mean. It's it's everybody kind of knows everybody in a way. Um but I think that also makes for a really really great radio market because mm-hmm. it is um smaller and so we interact with so many people and um uh, something like 20% of the city listens to us on a weekly basis, which is super cool. Yeah. That's, um, that's awesome. And and so we really get to, you know, um sort of integrate ourselves within the city which is which is great and what do you guys do to integrate yourselves with the city outside of doing the radio like yeah. in terms of because i know you guys you do a bit of events you do a bit of a yeah, fundraising for sure. you do a bit of a you know like giving back to the community what do you guys yeah do? absolutely so we, we do a lot of um a different charity events but we like to have a lot of touch points with with the audience as well we like to do a lot of um sort of silly things and invite them into our world so for example earlier in uh in 2023 um we, Jenny and I, who's a, a, a girl on, on the show, uh, yep. awesome, uh, we did firefighter training with, with Ottawa Fire. And so we went out and we put out fires and we got a whole day of training. And it was absolutely awesome and fantastic. And then at the end of it, Ottawa Fire said to me, um, hey, uh, we're, we do this like sort of celebrity calendar. Do you want to be one of the months? And I was like, great. So they took a bunch so of pictures of me. So you are a celebrity in Ottawa. Whatever. <laughs> Shut up. Okay. <laughs> and, and so then they took a whole bunch of pictures of me. And... Um, I totally forgot about it. And then a few months later, he hit me up and he was like, hey, can I come on the show? I was like, great. Was it like one of those firemen with the shirts off? Oh, dude, absolutely. Uh, Not with the shirt off. And also look at me. Like I'm a... You know, there's not nothing going on here. All right, it was like it was like super hokey. Yeah, okay, you know, okay, I'm okay. a I'm a I'm a radio host. I I made it goofy and and whatever. Uh, and so then he actually presented me with my own calendar. He was messing with me, and he That's made so he made a calendar twelve months of me. But then our our listeners started freaking out. They were like, "Hey, like I want to buy this." Yeah. So we did a limited run. We did a thousand calendars, and we sold out a thousand calendars in less than twenty four hours. Wow. Um, and so we had people come to our office to get a signed calendar. And it was just photos of you? It's just photos of me. And it was just, it's the most ridiculous calendar. How many of them were w- with your shirt off? And <laughs> Zero, thank God. <laughs> thank God. Pants off, all of them. No. <laughs> uh, no, they were, they were like they're pretty tame. Like a super seductive look? Is, they were all very seductive. <laughs> yeah. And this is after like a day of doing the firefighter stuff. So I'm all sweaty and I got like soot all over me and stuff. They're, it was super ridiculous. But all that to say, we try to have these these uh, points of interaction with our audience. Where now they're bringing home these calendars. And I got uh, Chio is the Children's Hospital in Ottawa in the nurses um, ward at Chio, they have one of these calendars up. And and so we try to sort of integrate ourselves into the lives of our listeners as well and invite them to come to the studio, invite them to to be a part of our universe that we've created, um, which I think is a pretty unique thing for for a lot of shows. It's very authentic. Yeah. And w- would you would you say it's like, um, well, obviously, it sounds like you're you're clearly very enthusiastic about the job that mm-hmm. you have right now. Why, what do you like about it so much? I think I, I like that every day is different. I, uh, I, I, I like that it's, it's, it's entertainment, but it's also creative entertainment. I'm not uh, just reporting news. I'm not, I'm not a part of someone else's world. I'm not, you know, talking about like, yeah, we talked about celebrities and stuff, but we're doing it on our own terms. And so we get to be exaggerated versions of ourselves and entertain people. I'm not trying to sell a product. I'm not trying to, uh, what I'm trying to do is sell ourselves essentially right we're trying to we're trying to get people's uh, 
most valuable just resource. Trying to be and that's their time. Yeah. Exactly. We're, we're yeah. trying to get them to, to pay a little bit more attention to us and spend some more time with us. Um, and that's a lot of fun to do that in a creative way and in a fun way. It's, it's, it's like when you're a kid and you put on like a, a skit for your parents in the living room. Yeah. But it's like that every day from 6 to 9 a.m. with three people who are incredibly talented and who could um, help me put on that skit. So did, it's, it's a lot of fun. Did you specifically choose um, 89.9? Like, did you want mm. to go to Ottawa or were you just trying to do something and try to like move up the ladder yeah. in terms of the, the, the world of radio? Sure. And so, it ended up being 89.9 in Ottawa. Yeah, kind of. Essentially that, the latter. Um, I I did eight years here at, uh, at Hits FM Montreal, and that was all through SAGEP and, and university, and then a, a couple years after um, my studies, or about a year after. And at that point, it was, you know, I, it was a smaller station. I was ready to, to move on. And so they hired me um, in Ottawa. There was a, a position open, um, a, a weekend shift, which is like really like bottom of the barrel, but it was an amazing radio station. And I was like, hey, I, I talked to some, some people in the industry and they're like, hey, take it, take the job. It's a step up. You're getting a, your foot in the door of a great company. Yeah. They're going to train you. They're going to help you out. And I was like, absolutely. Let's go to Ottawa. And what do they do to train you? So there's a lot of, we call them air checks, where they you listen to your show back, and they, they help you. Um, there's a lot of different sort of mm, ways that you can. I actually, I do that, I do that to myself. Do you? You listen I, to yourself I, I will, back? Well, yeah, I, you listen to the podcast. Yeah, I, I will definitely like listen to the yeah. podcast. I think that I, I have a long way to go. I'm mm-hmm. not really like as, as articulate and quick and funny and all these things right. as you are. But I try to, yeah, I definitely try to improve. Of course, as you and should. I listen right? to like at the beginning, my first podcast. You'll hear a lot of uhs, a lot of yeah, is, a lot sure. of like, awkward silences. But it feels very of... natural now, right? It, it's just a well, we're just having a conversation. Well, that's yeah. exactly it. And but plus, it makes it easier with a guest like you because you do most of the talking. And I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying that in a bad way. Yeah, no, sure. Just ask the question and you go. Well, thank you. I, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's okay. Uh, but no, I mean, putting a microphone on someone's face can be very intimidating for yes. people for the first time, right? Yes. It's, it's, yes. Uh, it, it can be, a, uh, it can be a lot. And, and especially radio, it's very, there's very specific sort of muscles that you have to work over and over and over yes. and over and over to get good at it or to get decent at it. Um, and, and you really need to work with someone to kind of hone. Can, those, can you those give skills. us some tips? Okay, so let's say there's someone who wants to start their own podcast or someone who mm-hmm. wants to go into radio, but someone who's basically going to speak into an audience sure. through audio. Yeah. Can you give us give us like three main tips? Okay. All right. Uh, okay. If you want to sound, uh, <laughs> yeah, the pen comes out. Yeah. If yeah. You want no, to sound, I'm gonna write this down. Sure. If you want to sound warm and friendly, uh, smile. It, it's it's gonna feel weird when you're talking, but it, it comes across much more warm and much more. Um, so when you're by yourself in the studio, oh yeah, no one, especially like, early on in your career, you're you're smiling. You're doing a big cheesy smile, and it sounds you can you can hear the smile through the radio. That's huh. it, it. Truly, is a it's it's that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, they always teach you that in radio school. Another one is uh, always be prepared and know you're out. Know what you want to. This maybe not doesn't apply for a you know two hour long podcast necessarily, but if I'm going on the the radio for uh, let's say a minute and a half or sixty seconds or whatever it is, um, I always want to know what I'm going to talk about. I don't necessarily need to structure out every word, although you do that when you first get started, just to sort of know the structure of a break. But know how you're going to wrap things up. Know sort of the general skeleton of what you're talking about. But at the end, instead of doing the, um, okay, well, uh, here's Tate McRae on the new Hot 89.9 or whatever. Like, you, you need to have, like, a good closing line, and it's going to put a bow on everything. That's very, very important. 
Um, and otherwise, uh, my third thing is, is, is your voice is your instrument. So, you know, um, keep that in mind the uh, night before you're, you're broadcasting. Maybe uh, don't have that, like, last shot at 4.30 in the morning and, and you know, scream uh, Mr. Brightside while, like, smoking Great a dart. Great song. You know? Absolutely. Fantastic. Great but song. when you start talking like this yeah, the next yeah, yeah. day, don't get me wrong. I've had those mor- mornings, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, But it, but it's your voice really is your, your instrument. It's, it's like a... I don't know. It's like an athlete, uh, you know, uh, damaging their hands or so something. So the, the the third tip, in other words, is basically don't get all like, don't get all bamboozled the night before when you have to speak on the radio. <laughs> sure, or the just in, in general, keep in keep in mind that 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 your voice does have it doesn't matter, right? It yeah. it, it matters, and, and drink a lot of water. And um, in radio school, they teach you even. I never did radio school. I actually taught radio school, but never actually went to radio school. Huh. Um, but they they do teach you to um, like some exercises to get your voice good. No actual professional like radio host is doing that. Own, it, literally. <laughs> but no one's doing that. But we're all aware, you know, before right before we go on air, if if you you don't hear it on air, obviously, but yeah. we all kind of go like, <clears throat> and like, or, I, like, what was I, the line in Anchorman that he? What a great movie! Oh, God, um, such a good movie. The the I'm bad with movie lines. It was a funny movie. Yeah, it's like the king's calm. Yeah. And he's like next to the um, the the blonde woman there. But anyways, it's really funny. So tongue twisters is a big thing in radio school as well. That you have to do is you get a bunch of tongue twisters and you try to present them and you learn how to how to accentuate your T's and not uh, have a lisp on your S's, which I'm terrible at. Uh, there's like a lot of different uh, techniques in, in speaking as well. And it also depends if you're doing legitimate like uh, news journalism on the radio. You're going to speak a lot different than if you're doing my job telling fart jokes. You know what I mean? Like it's like a it's, it's a different. It's a different type of radio. So would you say that you're a better radio host today than you were, for example, five years ago? I'm a better radio host today than I was yesterday and then uh. the day before. Every day you do it, you get a little bit better. Uh, you just it's, – it's, it's just that's what it is, man. It, it takes so long to get good at this. And, uh, and again, just to go full circle on it, I, I think – we need as an industry to be training new young people to take over for us. And, uh, and I don't think we're necessarily doing that. Hmm. I don't think like you can take a, a TikToker and just throw them on air. I don't even think you can necessarily take a podcaster and put them on the radio. It's a different, could, it's completely it's, different. It's, it's such a different skill. Completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And word economy huh. is so much more important on the radio and, and keeping up the, the energy levels, especially for a top 40 radio station. So for like a, a pop music based radio yeah. station, you want to keep that, keep the energy going. You want music underneath you. You want like, there's so many things also keep in mind on the radio, you're working a giant board with like 30 different buttons on it, you know, or 30 different buttons that you'd actually push. You work that? Uh, so we actually have, I'm in a, my own separate studio. The other three are in their own studio. One guy works their board. I have my so own you're, board. So like each of you are in like a box, I guess. Kind so of? they're in one sort of box. A, a room similar to this like half the size of this I'm in a separate room which is a little smaller than theirs with, with like glass doors in between so we can see each other but the reason I'm in my own room is so I can also take calls I can queue up music we have a lot of music going on I can um, I can prepare things that they I don't want them to hear things so I'm in my own little space um, which is, is pretty important for the, for the structure of our show uh, so I have my own giant board and then there's another giant board in the other uh, room if there was one thing that you want your listeners to know about 899 mm. or about you in particular, what's the one thing? And this could be like how hard you work. This could be all the prep you guys do. It could be whatever. Like what's, yeah. what's one thing that you want your audience to know about uh, you? Yeah. The radio station. Yeah. Uh, I think it's how conscious we are of everything that goes on the radio. There's, there's a lot that is very much off the cuff. But there's a lot of strategy and a lot of planning. We're famous for our contests. Nothing I, ever happens by accident. No, like exactly. Especially yeah. when it comes to contesting and 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 stuff like that. We're we're fam- We've done a lot of contests. We've given away a baby. 
we've given away $100,000. Literally, we had a contest called Win a Baby, where we gave uh, five couples in vitro. And uh, four of them took, one of them had twins. There's five babies in the world because of our radio station. Wow. Isn't that incredible? We uh, we uh, paid for oh. a, a gender reassignment <laughs> surgery. Okay. We've done a lot of things through the years that are like really large contests that were very strategic in the moment, um, culturally relevant, um, and and we can do less of those today given the climate. But like, there's everything we do is so strategic, and we have. Um, so many meetings about this stuff and and i think there's a lot of great smart people behind the scenes that are hopefully putting together content that you enjoy do you guys think that you have an influence on pop culture in ottawa yeah i mean it, it would it's hard you to could say toot your don't. own horn but and, and i i don't i'm not even just necessarily saying us but i think uh, anybody who has a platform does right to an mm. extent if there's if there's x amount of listeners that we have listening to us quasi regularly and then we have our we call them p1s like our like die hard listeners that are listening we have people that listen 6 to 9 a.m every single day and that's amazing it's i don't know are they truck drivers <laughs> i think not i think they're <laughs> I was a, think, a lot of it is just like, people at home right okay and yeah they, just they listening on their on. smart speaker and it's, okay. it's as they get ready all, all morning and then um you know they just have us on in the background doesn't mean they're listening to every single word we're saying but they end up knowing a lot about us and i think it would be silly to say that we don't have at least some influence on those people and hopefully it's a positive influence hopefully that's what we're adding to the contributing to the world huh. i had a question about ottawa that i forgot to ask you a little bit earlier mm -hmm. so i was reading an article the other day and it said that there was someone trying to revive the downtown core yep. in ottawa and one of the main reasons that they want to do this or one of the issues that the city is having is you know there's a lot of remote work there's a lot mm -hmm. of federally employed um people that, yep. that in ottawa and if you're working from home on a Friday yep. afternoon, you're not downtown. And totally. so a lot of the restaurants are suffering. Mm -hmm. Byward Market in particular, someone was telling me, like, the, I saw a clip from back in the 90s in the Byward Market. It was, like, hustling oh, and bustling. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's like, so, you go so now. So your nights are still good at the Byward Market. Yeah. Your, like, weekend nights are still going to be busy, right? The clubs are, are popping, and it's still it's, – it's, it's, it's good. Uh, but during the week, yeah, no, it's, it's not what it was. So there's multiple problems here. Uh, the first one being, yes, for sure, work from home for, for government workers. There's a lot of empty buildings right now. And they're a trying lot. to convert a yeah. lot of those to condos. Yeah. Because there's also a housing crisis in Ottawa, as there is in, in many Across cities, Canada. Right? Exactly. Across, it's, around it's, the world. It's a it yeah. seems to be a... a but Cana Canadians in particular, it's like sure. the Canadian real oh, estate it's, market. It's, it's a mess. insanely expensive. It's a mess. Exactly. And so <laughs> they need many, many, many more units, yes. including a lot of affordable housing units. And so they're trying to convert a lot of buildings. But converting an office building to housing is crazy expensive because I heard some guy I was listening to a real estate guy and he's it's called the Looney Hour a plug in the Looney Hour great podcast it's okay. a real estate broker out of it's it's three of them but he's out of uh, Vancouver he said in many cases because of the HVAC in yeah. commercial buildings right. he said in many cases many instances it's actually cheaper to just tear it down and rebuild it that's that's what I've I've heard as well and and also just the I mean look at this building that we're in right now yeah. you need to have windows in a unit right yes. you're gonna have a lot of very long skinny units just the way that a yeah. that a to get that, to the light right exactly yeah. the way the commercial building is it's constructed it doesn't lend itself well you're yeah. not gonna have balconies you're not gonna have it's not a very appealing um, building so that's one issue that they're having although they have already um, changed some of these buildings they're, they're having an issue doing that uh, the second issue is is, um, there's also a, uh, a, a homeless crisis right now and a drug yeah. crisis, right? Yeah. And so there's a lot of, of, of drugs and, um, and, and, and homeless people, um, particularly in the Byron market. Yeah, I noticed all that. of their shelters, yeah. all of our shelters are in the Byron market. Mm. And recently they tried to move them, but what neighborhood is going to accept a homeless shelter? No right? Like, do you want to do suddenly uh, it to be built in your right no. next to you, right? Uh, no. Of course you I'm going to be honest. I didn't like no, but of, of course, no. right? Very few no. people would, no. would say they, they would. Especially kids. 
it's it's like, tough. It. It's tough, yeah. right? And so that's really they're all in the buyer market. Mm-hmm. All, all the the major ones. There's two big ones, and then do you think it's ones. revivable? I mean, I hope so. I hope so. So there's a few different things that they're doing. Um, one of the, the big ones for sure is building next to downtown as well. So they're, they're, they're adding a ton of condos downtown, which is great, which is awesome. I know where I live a few blocks from Parliament, and there's condos going up all over the place. Hopefully a grocery store in that area. And there's a lot of people already in that area. Mm-hmm. It's just it's getting new people in or building condos to add more people to the, to the area. Um, another thing they're doing is um, just west of downtown, west of Parliament, is uh, it's called Le Breton Flats. Mm-hmm. And right now... It's owned by the NCC. Um, What's the NCC? It's the National something something. Uh, <laughs> so it's 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 a Thanks, gov- Brady. Yeah, <laughs> real helpful there. So it's the government. It, it's 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 sort of a part of the government, but not really. They operate independently. They control a lot of different land in Ottawa, including Le Breton Flats, including the canal. Um, they have different. <clears throat> they're not there to make money. They're there to preserve the land in the national capital region, um, and and to make decisions that that benefit people differently than the dollar or, or differently than, than general development. And that's why you don't see any construction on the canal. It's all, it's just a path, which personally drives me nuts. I think, how do you not have downtown Ottawa where the canal goes in, right? Right next to, to, to TD Center there, or TD Place, I get them confused. How do you not have like nine or 10 bars and restaurants on the canal? It's beautiful there mm-hmm. in the summer. How do you not have that? Like mm-hmm. that drives me, like imagine like a little old port, but in, in they it drives me It would be amazing for the city. Of course it would. It would create a whole new district, and, and they don't have that. Uh, anyway, so so there's this land west of Parliament uh, called the Breton Flats. It's essentially nothing right now. The LRT, which is like our REM, our, yep. our rail system, yep. uh, it's, it's brand new. It's had a bunch of trouble. Anyway, it goes, it goes through there, and they designed it to have the capacity for Senators' games. So ideally, this nice. whole area is going to be where the new arena is, tons of new condos, uh, a lot of restaurants and bars. It'll be, are you familiar with Lansdowne? Yes, it'll be the lands down of downtown. Basically. Nice, which is cool. What's going on with the um, the Sens in terms of building a new uh, hockey arena? Yeah, so that's uh, so there's a new ownership uh, came in, Michael Landlauer, and uh, and that's yeah. what they're trying to figure out right now. So he has that's the main site is Lebreton Flats, but the problem with that is he has to now negotiate with the NCC, who sucks. They're so hard to to talk to. Mm-hmm. Again, because they have a different um, sort of mission than, than others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or the mayor really wants them to work with the city and do it on city land. So there's a couple properties that are maybe okay. So I feel like whenever, at least in, in my personal experience, mm-hmm. whenever I speak to someone uh, and from Ottawa about the hockey team, yeah, I go like, w- w- what do you think about having, uh, as opposed to having an arena in Canada, yeah. which is like, especially if you're in Gloucester, there's traffic. You yeah. can't even have a couple beers. It's far. It's oh, far it's to get ridiculously to it. far. And if it was downtown, everyone goes, yes, that would be fantastic. Yep. It's. It, I, I, I have yet to run into someone who goes, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah, well, I, I haven't have, heard one person from Ottawa say that's sure, a bad idea. Sure, I know a few people, and it's because it's in their backyard, <laughs> right? And they're fair so enough. happy. They live in well, Canada, and it's like, well, it's a two-minute drive from me. Yeah, and yeah, so I enough. get it. Yeah, you're yeah. losing, like, this giant arena that has all the all the good concerts and everything else yes. that's in your backyard. But for I get the that. city For the city, itself. it has to be. Yes. Because it's not just Ottawa. You're also opening yourself up to Gatineau. Right now, Gatineau is it's just over the bridge. It's two seconds away. I can see it from my from my condo, right? Uh, they don't feel like the Senators are their team. But mm. if you put the arena, suddenly now it's downtown. That'll it's change literally, real quick. It's literally a, yeah. a five-minute walk from Gatineau. Suddenly, this is their team. That's going to add a lot of people in. Um, you also have, uh, I mean, from Orleans, which is the far side. Yeah. So you have Orleans on one side, Canada on the other, downtown yeah. in the middle. Orleans is east, just east of Gloucester. Yeah, correct? exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Um, Orléans. 
Orléans. Exactly. It's very it's very French in Orléans. It is. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Orléans to get to Orléans to to Canada, it's it's like a forty five minute drive. Yeah, it's yeah, it's far. Which is insane. It's so insane. anyone from Orleans or even Gloucester, Gloucester to, to get forty five minutes without traffic, by the way. Yeah. So, but like to go from Gloucester with traffic to Canada. Yeah. And if there's a game, let's say it's a playoff game, there yeah. will be traffic. Sure. You're looking at over an hour. Oh right? yeah. 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 And and no, if you're going to a far. game, you're probably going to go at, at leave at five thirty, right? Too you're leaving far. like like peak rush too hour. Far. Way too far. And for and the arena itself too, because like if you if you don't have to drive, yeah. well, guess what? People are going to drink more beer. That's a fact. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so it's, it's, it's like, a thing in Ottawa where people, there's a bar um, on the on the 100 level. People just go and they just have drinks after the game because the parking lot as well. Yeah. You're in the middle of nowhere. It's not a downtown core like Montreal where you can park a few blocks away and you know you can get out of downtown. Yes. It, you're in one giant parking lot. And they've gotten better over the years of traffic control and getting people out of there. But you're still stuck in traffic for mm. 15, 20 minutes coming out of the parking lot, which is brutal. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. As someone who works at, uh, you know, wakes up at 430 in the morning every day. I can't stay to the end of a hockey game or the end of a concert, let's say. I can't stay till 11 o'clock, sit in traffic for 20 minutes, drive home for 25 minutes. I get home at midnight after a concert, and I live downtown. It's It makes no sense. Yeah. you know. I can't go to a concert on a Tuesday and stay till the end. I have to leave at you know, 10.30. Now, here's the next question. There's all coulda, shoulda, woulda, or we should be building this. Do you think it will get built? I think the NCC is a big hurdle here, um, but I, ultimately it has to be downtown. It can't be. Is, is your else. feeling that the mayor is on the side of the NHL in the sense that they want to get a new arena? Because the, oh, yeah, the NHL wants it too. For sure, they're going to make more. Oh, money. everybody wants it. Yes. Every, everybody needs it. it so it, it's basically just the NCC yeah. that are there. So the reason okay. it was originally built in Canada was because Melnick, or sorry, not even before Melnick, the original owners of the team, they yeah. owned all that land. Uh, and if you look around that arena, it's all um, it's all car dealerships. Yeah, and so they owned all of that and, and, and brought that in and they thought it's also they were an expansion build. team like maybe it'll work maybe it won't exactly kind of what's like, what's cheap what's yeah. the most profitable and, yeah. and then Melnick ended up buying it and he was you know a little <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't like spending money alright <laughs> yeah, he didn't like spending money uh, yeah. and, and there is some so just a, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. detour here I was um, won't say his name he's not working with the Sense anymore but he was working with the Sense and uh -huh. so he was selling tickets for the Sense and okay. he goes a lot of locals he would call basically you know hey do you want to buy a season, yeah. season tickets we have uh, boxes we have this we have that he would call up um, people in Ottawa, yeah, and a lot of people would say to him, not a lot, but enough people yeah. would say to him, as long as Melnick is the yep. owner of this team, oh, yeah. I am not buying any tickets. 100%. I hate this guy. And so Ann Lauer came in this year. Optimism was at a like a, a record high. People were so excited for the team, um, and now they're just bombing. They're having a terrible season, which is such a bummer. You feel for the guy. Um, but people love him and, and are very excited at, at what he brings. He's willing to invest money. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a silly Is he, is small he Canadian? Thing. Yeah, he's Canadian. I think he's a Toronto guy. Okay. Uh, he owns the Hamilton Bulldogs as well. Okay. He owned a 10% of the Habs. So funny enough, he bought um, he bought the Sens for uh, just under a million dollars. I think it was nine hundred and fifty. Sorry, a billion. Under a billion, billion. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, shit! <laughs> Let me go take out a loan today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get in. Uh, <laughs> Want to go buy the Sens? <laughs> uh, yeah, relocate them to like Kirkland Arena. Bring them back. Uh, no, so he bought them for I think it was like nine hundred fifty million or something like that, and then he sold his ten percent in the Habs, and that was two hundred fifty million. So just by selling his ten percent stake in the Habs. He already covered a giant chunk yeah. of his investment in the sense. Keep in mind, there's other investment investors. Of he didn't course, front yeah. the whole 950. Yes, so, yes. Uh, yeah, he did very well on his investment yeah. uh, into the Habs. That's one thing that people um, don't understand. Like, here in Montreal, when you ask who's the owner of the Montreal Canadiens, they're going to go with the Molson family. Sure. Ye yes, they have a majority stake in the, Absolutely. In, in, in the, the Montreal Canadiens, but yeah. there are several other 
major yeah. investors in the team. Totally. And, I've and every, any, every NHL hockey. Oh, absolutely. Uh, every, yeah. every sports franchise is yeah. like that, by the way. I think Seattle Kraken, they have, I think it's, I might be wrong, it's like nine or 12 equal investors, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking if I'm like investor number eight and I'm walking in this arena and I know I own just as much of the team as anybody else, but no one knows who I am. And yeah. I'm like, I'm just like such a, I'm just waiting for in line for a hot dog. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no staff even knows who I am. That sucks. You're like 150 yeah. million into this yeah. and no one knows who you are. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like this one guy that's uh, one of the podcasters I follow, uh, Patrick Bet David, and he just bought into the, um, you know, PBD, PBD podcast. No. Anyways, very interesting. Uh, he's, he's got a pretty good, um, he's building a media company. He actually sure. used to be an insurance guy. He's trying to become a, well, build a, a media company. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He's got uh, 6 million subs on YouTube. Like, wow, it's, that's yeah, fantastic. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. And he bought into the, the Yankees. And so they're asking him, like, how much did you buy into the Yankees? I was thinking, like, I don't know, two, three, five, ten percent. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like just shy of one percent. Wow. But the team's worth, I think, nine billion. But it's an investment, right? Look, it's at a huge investment. And, and what he said, though, the next thing he said, he goes, people generally, the shareholders of the, uh, of a of a franchise like the Yankees, yeah. he goes, they do not sell. Right. So he's like, the fact I got in, I'm convinced that the only reason he got in is because he has a platform, he has an audience, yeah. and yeah. he can promote the game of baseball. I think sure. that's probably. If yep. I was an investor in the Yankees, what, like that's what I would do. Absolutely. Well, they did something similar with Marshawn Lynch in in Seattle, right? Yes. They brought him on. I, I would assume for a discounted rate and yeah. and gave him a certain cut of the team so that he could be the advocate for the team in the community. And yeah. what I, I mean, he's he's a hero there, right? Yeah. He's a legend and helps grow the game. That's what happened with uh, fun fact. That's what happened with uh, Mario Lemieux. So Mario Lemieux, sure, yeah, yeah. They couldn't uh, afford to pay him. Yeah. What are you supposed to get paid? And they yeah. said, all right, we'll give you some shares in the, in the, uh, yeah, in the hockey absolutely. team. And they offered Gretzky something similar with the Ducks, and he turned them down. <sighs> but yeah. you, can you imagine? I don't, I don't know if the Ducks maybe – I'm sure they're still uh, – I don't know if they're a billion-dollar franchise, but they're still worth quite a bit. But the cent, uh, money, not the right? sense, the, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, yeah. I think, like, honestly, my – He sold his every, stake recently, Mario Lemire, and he made – I think it was like 400 mil or something. I'm sure. It was something I'm insane. Sure. But what an million incredible – yeah. I mean <laughs> – That'd be nice. <laughs> it wouldn't. Be, I, I'll be take, nice. uh, I'd like ten percent of that. I'll take one percent of that. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, I, remember I was playing golf at um in Tampa. This was a couple of years ago. I remember getting to the golf course with one of my buddies. Yeah, and so we get there. He goes, Mary Lemieux is here today. I, I didn't wow. see him, but just the fact that yeah. I, I knew he was on the golf course at the same time as us, it's incredible, right? I was like, oh, this is sick. Okay, I, hear, I've never seen him. I want to hear a great story. So we, I want to hear a great story. <laughs> so we're we're pretty fortunate on the on the radio to meet a lot of really amazing people, yeah. and um. We on on the show, and I actually mentioned it to you earlier. Uh, one of the girls on my show, Jenny, she's a huge golf fan. Her her husband is a, a golf pro, um, which uh, for those that are not in the golf community, doesn't mean he plays on the tour or anything. It means he's he's a he's the head pro. He, he trains people at a really really great golf course in, in head Ottawa. professional head professional yeah. exactly yeah. Um, and and so there's this amazing couple that listen to our show, and uh, he's a great lawyer. She's a, a judge, a federal judge, the sweetest people in the world. Um, and we didn't know them, but one day sh- he sends an email to Jenny saying this is peak covid saying hey look i um have a condo in uh, in mexico and um live uh, oh no sorry the pj tour is actually coming here to play mm-hmm. uh, but it's during covid so the only people that can go watch are people that own on the property i feel like i'm wasting this opportunity i'm not a golfer i don't know any golfers this is going to sound weird but would you like to come down with your family and come watch the pga tour at our condo on this gorgeous resort and she was like, this is weird. like, okay, this is interesting. This is strange. She Googles him. We all are like looking into him. He's like, this seems like a very nice gentleman. You know, she ends up saying yes. She goes, has a great time. They invite me the next time and we go. And it's this gorgeous resort hanging out with these, this sweet couple that just listen to the show every day. And they just, they wanted to, to give back. And they're like, Hey, like we have a, a empty, 
you know, just just come and, and, and enjoy yourselves. And uh, and so since then, I've been twice, and they have a golf course there that is uh, the first time I went, I played the course. It's a live course. Live has played there. PGA Tour has played there. The first time I went there, the week before, Michael Jordan and Tony Romo were playing on the Shit. course. Yeah. And imagine the gambling. Was imagine there two imagine the before. betting going on with that. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I was checking and in the bushes. And they're both really good golfers. I hear. I hear Michael yes. Jordan's an incredible. I was yes, checking in the bushes to see if they dropped any hundreds. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Any, I bet any, more than that. Tony, oh, yeah. Tony Romo's an amazing golfer. Is he? Like, Tony Romo won the um, – okay, in Lake Tahoe. I forget the name of the term. But mm. in, the, in Lake, it's like a celebrity pro-am or something, right? Yes, but he's he's good. He's better than Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is like uh, – do you play golf? Yeah. What's your handicap? Oh, terrible. I'm a terrible <laughs> golfer. I've been golfing my entire life, and I never get better. Can you break 100? I, yeah, but okay. like if I hit, you know, if I shoot 95, I've been like, it's a great day. Okay. Yeah. Are you a good golfer? Uh, I play golf often. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I play golf maybe 10 times a year, and every time I'm drunk. So it's, what? you know, <laughs> I'm a social golfer. Yeah. What's your lowest score ever? 92. 92? 91? 92. 92. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a good score. Yeah. Are you, are you close to scratch? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm Attaboy. A, I'm a four handicap. Where do you yeah. golf? Beaconsfield. Okay, great. Yeah, I got a lot of friends. Of course, yeah, yeah. Your voice with Sean Sproul, right? Uh, buddy, best yeah. buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, um, uh, yeah. Beaconsfield. Honestly, that's one of the main reasons why I I just realized how dark it got outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, <I'm> like, <laughs> Welcome to January. Holy man. Yeah, shit! Yeah, yeah. Are the days getting longer now or shorter? Longer. Okay, we're going we're going on a tangent now. Okay, so here, what's something that you want to yeah. talk about? Because you came here with some more more. It was all radio stuff. Do you want to talk? Stuff? We can talk more radio. I, stuff. I'd love to talk about like radio a little bit more. So what else? What else would you like to talk about radio? I have a question that I haven't asked you yet. Sure. So it's what is your main goal, like individually, yeah. and like not to um, talk ill of eighty nine nine. It's a great sure. radio yeah, station. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah, but like yeah. for your own personal aspirations, mm-hmm. do you want to you know become like a yeah like a, like a what's his name Mitch Mel- Rich Melnick or Mitch Mitch Melnick? Melnick yeah. Would you say he's the biggest? Who's the biggest radio person uh, personality in Canada today? Oh, in Canada, can't see Montreal is different. They always call Montreal an island for uh, in, in the radio world because first of all, it is an island physically, yeah. but also yeah. it's people within Montreal stay within Montreal. Yes, um, and and so the biggest person in Montreal is huge here, but not as big anywhere else. Um, but vice versa, there's also there's people in Toronto that no one in Montreal knows about, right? So um, biggest in Canada would be tough. I mean, everybody knows like um, like a Rick Campanelli from his time at, at Much Music. I don't even think he's on air anymore doing doing radio. Oh my God, um, Marilyn music. Dennis was, is huge in Toronto, uh, but the thing with radio is that you don't have uh, like a lot of people aren't huge in multiple markets. We are syndicated. We're in a few markets, but we're in smaller markets in addition to Ottawa. Uh, Roz and Mocha are a show out of Toronto. They're um, they're in a bunch of different markets, so they're they're quite large in the in the radio space. Uh, but I wouldn't. Are there any national stars? Uh, I wouldn't really say that there are right now necessarily. Marilyn Dennis is, is, is quite big though, and especially in Toronto. Um, and, and, and as far as Montreal goes, uh, I mean, Tony DeMonte was huge. He recently retired a couple of years ago. I don't know who the number one person would be. Maybe Aaron Rand over on, on CJD. He's, he's huge. Aaron Rand. Do you know uh, Andrew Carter? Yeah, Andrew Carter yeah, as well. Andrew would Carter, be, yeah. I mean, they're both fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, Great radio voice. Andrew oh, Carter. man. Yeah. Yeah. They're, and they're both really cool, apparently, as well. I haven't yeah. uh, met them. I've chatted with Andrew Carter on, by email before, but yeah. uh, uh, Andrew's, uh, cool. he's a member at our golf course. Uh, right. Yeah. Of course. His yeah. son used to work at, at our company. Oh, cool. As well, so, yeah. Cool. And great golfer. He's a great golfer. I bet. Kevin yeah. Carter. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Real good. Okay. Great. Very good golfer. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, I've heard nothing but, but great things about them. Uh, in terms of uh, career aspirations, I've always wanted to be a program director, which is the person that runs the radio station. I've always, it's it's runs the, at least the on air, the creative side of the radio station not sales that's a different person mm. um 
I've always loved um, business and, and that's why I'm so f- uh, fascinated when I listen to your podcast and I think you do, do a great job of kind of providing uh, insight into different industries and, and um, thank you. I, I think that's, that's super interesting. I love that stuff. Um, so I would love to be more involved in, in that side of things. That said, man, it would be really tough to leave what I got going. I'm mm. especially in the, in the radio world to, um, to work with the people I work with and to have a, a consistent, uh, number one show and to have a, um, I honestly just a steady job, a job where I don't have to worry about getting, getting shit canned, uh, is, is huge. And would you ever though, like, have you ever thought about kind of just having like a, I don't know. I, I always think about having just a badass podcast. Yeah, but to build that is it's crazy. It's tough. It's and a it, again, to go back, remember all those positions I, I named before within yes. a radio station? Yes. That was probably two thirds of them. There's more. There's so many. Radio is such a, a, a massively. We're so good, like I said, at monetizing audio that to recreate that machine on my own seems daunting to say the least and that's mm. not to say that people can't do it uh it's just it's 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 a lot of work and it's and there's no guarantee it's, it's a lot of, it's entrepreneurship right mm-hmm. but it's jumping into something that uh i feel like not to say that i've quote unquote made it i feel like that's that's kind of douchey but i feel like I've, I've gotten to the point um where uh i wanted to get to not that i'm satisfied with where i am at mm-hmm. all but but i've gotten to a, a really really fortunate point in the industry um where I can kind of breathe and and be be grateful for where I'm at and live in the present and, yeah and and to yeah. most importantly to continue to love what I'm doing and I have total control creative control over what I do no one tells me sort of different direction you know what I mean like obviously it's a team team environment but like I can kind of do whatever whatever I want uh, I'm in a really really good place and and that's the company that I'm working with, they believe in me. So it's it's it would be very difficult to leave where I'm at. It would have to be a really, really, have really to be the good proposition. Role. Exactly. Like, yeah. the, the perfect role where I can see myself growing and I can see yeah. um, the right Security, thing. Security, Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. To, to drop it all for me now and, and launch a podcast, for it example, would, it, would take, it, would, yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Okay, yeah. makes yeah. sense. What's your opinion on, like, for example, like a caller daddy? Yeah. So call, not, 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 yeah. Not, not, not on the actual content that sure. she releases. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think, uh, what's it, Alex, what's her last? It doesn't really matter. Cooper. Alex Cooper. I got a lot of respect for the woman. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't like the content. Sure. To be honest, like yeah. it's, it's more catered to women. I, yep. I think. Yep. Um, but she struck a chord. She's doing something Man, right. And did the fact she, ever, yeah. she, what, what was the contract she, she signed with uh, Spotify? Twenty yeah, million a year, something like that. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And she grew that from. She had the barstool machine behind her, yes. obviously helping. Promote but at the her. beginning, do you know how much she was making at barstool when she first started? Yeah, at barstool? I, I followed that whole that whole thing. It was and like I, seventy I see, grand. Yeah, I see both sides, right? They, she blew up, and her contract was crap. But barstool was willing to work with her. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah, she deserves to be getting paid. If she's pulling in those numbers, she's right there with Rogan, Agreed. right? She's she's Agreed, yeah. she's she's top three consistently or top two even. Yes, uh, I think it's her, Smartless, and Rogan are like the the top three. Yes, um, man, it, good on her. If she's she's found a an I, I don't even want to call it a niche, but a market. What 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 is Barstool? Like I know mm-hmm. Barstool, but there's all these companies now popping up, and I know Alex Cooper is trying to do the same thing herself. So it's yeah. she's trying to a hire network, right? Yeah, it's like creators underneath of the Alex Cooper banner, yeah. and basically people that have talent. And the the first person that comes to mind. So well, you listen to Chicklets. Chicklets is underneath yeah, under the, the Barstool. Umbrella, yeah. uh, Barstool. Yeah. I think they're capped out because it's hockey. Sure, but like what? 
Are, are they a, a talent agency? They're almost like a quasi-hybrid so what, between... Yeah. Well, they are as a network. And, and essentially what it allows creators to do is, is to pool resources. So yes. now you have a, a marketing machine behind you. You have a, a, a series of video editors that can work with you. Yes. You have a series of... Similar to, to you opening a, a separate uh, entity in, in Ottawa. Or not entity, but a, you know another branch or, or division, whatever. whatever. Division, yeah. yeah. In, in Ottawa, you have the resources here to help that... Uh, that 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 uh, office in Ottawa succeed. It's the same sort of thing where, essentially, they're buying lottery tickets, hoping to hit a jackpot. They're buying lottery tickets where they kind of know the numbers. You know what I mean? They might know three of the four, three of the five numbers, and they're trying to get lucky. Um, they're they're picking good talent, and and they're hoping they succeed. Uh, but they have those resources to sort of prop up people that they believe are are talented, and I think they do a really good job of it. I think they, I think if you're a young creator and you can get in on something like that, it's it's like you're starting on first base, you know, you're you're starting with something, uh, which is which is fantastic, which is great. I honestly, I think that's a good place to, to leave it. At. I don't okay. really have it. Do you have any uh, final words? You'd like no, to say man. Something? I guess uh, you know, uh, believe in uh, in in radio. Um, I think uh, digital media is very much a shiny new thing that is awesome and and is a great tool for so many people. But um, traditional media obviously has has influence and um, and 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 power still. And I, uh, I agree. I, I think honestly, my opinion on this on digital media, digital advertising, or yeah. traditional advertising, whether it's like billboard, or radio, mm. I think both are here to. Yeah. I think they both have their place. And a perfect example is books. Why do like there's a lot of people like when the Kindle came out. Yep. There's still a lot of people that like book sales, books are still around and everything's totally. digitized. Yep. So I think it's just something that is going to stay here. I think they both have their place. I think there's enough of the pie that everyone can eat. Totally. But I don't see traditional media going anywhere. Yeah. I, I, I it, it might shrink a bit, of which course. is fine. And the digital, yep. I don't think we're going to get to a point where everything's just 100% digitized through Facebook and sure. Google. I think these networks are going to stay around. That's my opinion. I think so too, but I think it's also important that we adapt and recognize that the world is changing and we yes. have to, to change with it and offer different uh, products and services, um, which I think, and I hope Stingray is, is doing, but uh, thanks for having me on here, man. I think you're doing a really fun thing here and I look forward to hearing different uh, my pleasure, future Brady. episodes. Thanks, my, man. my pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on. This Cheers, is the dude. Freeman Podcast. This is Curtis Killen, Brady Jones. Thanks so much. We're out.